Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. This is episode 264. It is also part two of my two-part conversation with actress Lisa Edelstein. And if you missed part one, after you listen to this one, go back and check that out. Uh, She's a fascinating person, in addition to being a very fine actress, and she's been in shows like House and West Wing, The Comiskey Method, Almost Perfect, Ally McBeal, on and on and on. Well, in addition to all of that, she's also been a playwright, an MTV host. She does voiceover on animated shows. And in the 80s, she was a very prominent party girl in the New York club scene. We talk about that in part one. So again, if you missed part one, check that out. This week, we're going to talk a lot about her days on House, also West Wing and the Comiskey Method, some of her current projects, and we're going to talk a little bit about the difference for an actress of being on a single camera show versus multi-camera and doing voiceover for animated series, and she also did some uh, voiceover on uh, a video game. So uh, we're going to talk about that as well. She's a fun guest. You're going to enjoy part two with Lisa Edelstein right here on Hollywood and Levine. You're also in West Wing. You're in the pilot of West Wing. I am. Um, I'm in the first season of West Wing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wish you were in more. That was you. You were a great character there. Again, classy hooker. Once again, the, the sex workers are not taken seriously. I know. I, th- I thought I should have, like, finished law school and then started to work in the, in the West Wing. You also played a transgender on Allie McBeal, which yes. was pretty groundbreaking at the time. Yes. Nowadays, I would not be playing that. Nowadays, it would be a transgendered woman playing that. Uh, but at the time, it was just unique to tell that story at all. And right. I had known a lot of trans people growing up, especially in the scene in New York. So I felt like I felt honored to do that part because I wanted to make sure it was dignified and uh, just done subtly. Um, And then after I did that, I had I had trouble because people thought I was a a trans woman. (laughs) 
cows because she was like, but she feels kind of masculine. <laughs> you were also in Just Shoot Me, an episode that I directed. That's Remember right. That? That's yes. Right. Yes. You, me, and oh, the orangutan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She was so, she's such a nice person, Laura San Giacomo. Mm hmm. Whatever happened to her? She's like disappeared. You know, she had a, I remember at the time she had a very uh, ill special needs child. Uh, so I think that, it, I imagine that it took priority in her life. Well, you also did Frasier, Felicity, Judging Amy, ER. But you would have to admit that really the show that launched your career is almost perfect. That's still the one that people are... <laughs> still talking about when yes. when they, when they see you, they're still they asking you questions. It. They yeah. can't believe their good luck that they can they're reading Patty. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, almost perfect was actually a very big deal for me because uh, it had been a really like I told you it had been a really rough year for me health wise, um, and it got me back on my feet. I mean, what more could you ask? You guys were. So uh, excited to have me, and I felt really good about it. And um, it really just helped me kind of reset where I was at. And then that led to Relativity, um, which was really exciting, uh, where I was a series regular. And it was, uh, I played the first, uh, I had the first ever lesbian makeup scene on network television. Congratulations. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so I, it was a big deal, actually, that role. I guess, though, the show, seriously, that people remember you by would be House, yes. where you played Dr. Lisa Cuddy. You were on that for seven seasons. Yes. And, you know, when I first saw you on that show, I, I have to admit, I thought, oh, God, oh, God. What a thankless part, because that part is usually, you know, it's the hospital administrator, wet blanket, who's telling yeah. the star, you can't do this, you can't exactly. do this, you got to follow the rules. And uh, and God bless the writers for finding ways around that. And And you found ways of really giving that character dimension. And and it became a a, a fascinating character, as fascinating as House. Thank you. I I was determined to make that part more than what it could have ended up being. Um, Did you think that too originally well, when you the got pilot. the part? The pilot I had a significant amount to do, but then we got into the episodes. I was like, oh shit! There's House, then there's the case, then there's the team and then like <laughs> i'm over here <laughs> right <laughs> like, no house you can't do that yeah. like um there were episodes where i literally would say house need you and that would be the whole episode for me and yet like i couldn't do anything else because my i was tied to the show for 10 months a year so uh, on some levels i was very afraid of that happening and then they kept they kept hiring, doing these arcs with people that I felt like whatever hope I had of having more storylines would be taken away by their presence. Like his love affair with Seal Ward's character. Then we had Shy McBride come in and take over the hospital. Like all of it felt very scary to me. 
Um, so I just determined to riddle everything that I did with tons of backstory. <laughs> and in fact, created a whole backstory for House and, and my character and then told David Shore, hey, by the way, here's my backstory, just in case you want it. And then like the cut to season two, the whole backstory that I told him about was in season two. Like, Oh, how fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can imagine that could be a very annoying thing for an actor to do, but I was like, I just got to find a way to, to make this. And then, and then just like continue to slowly fill every opportunity I had with um with story that's all you can do I remember for a while Jesse Spencer they just weren't writing for his character and he would have whole episodes where he was just walking around with the team not talking and I felt really bad for him and I didn't know why that was happening but he just started to fill the background with stuff that was like if he didn't have anything to say he'd be like looking at his coffee, smelling his coffee. Oh, it's sour, putting it down. Like all of a sudden he had this whole world going on. And I just like would be riveted to see what Jesse was going to do with the scene where he had nothing to say. Um, And eventually they started realizing, oh, wait a minute, there's this great character that we're not taking advantage of. And then really writing for him again. Yeah, I guess when you're in an ensemble show, it is kind of tough because... Like you said, you had Hugh Laurie, who is the star of the show, and you're all supporting characters, how you fit in. Now, there there reached a point where there was the, you know, possible romance between the two of you and the sort of on again, off again. Um, I guess when that started, you probably thought, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so I'm probably going to be busy here for the next, <laughs> you know, half of the season with this arc. Yeah, no, by the time we got to episode, by the time we got to season two, I felt more secure in my job and that, like, I had a world. Sometimes that world wasn't used very much, but but I had a world. And that was what was scary in season one was, was like, I was worried that I would just sort of get lost and become nothing. Um, so then it was just a matter of like wanting to work more, wishing I was working more. I love working. I love being on set. I, I, you know, we did very long hours on that show. We got shut down actually in the beginning cause we were doing 22 hour days. Oh man. Um, um, yeah, it was crazy, but, uh, uh, and we shot on film. It was a very slow moving train. Um, so sometimes I, you know, even though all I had to do was say house needs you close the door, I would be at work for 10 hours waiting to say that um, in full hair and makeup the whole time. So you just want to actually be on set. That's it. It's like, I loved my job and I wasn't doing my job as much as I wanted to be doing it. That's, that's where it gets frustrating. Um, so when, when they, the romance started to heat up a little bit, I was so excited. I was so excited. So happy to be there. Tell me who Lori is a good guy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. He's <laughs> people. I know a lot of people don't realize, um, unless they see the Black Adder, that that he's really English with an English accent, mm-hmm. and to have that American accent, which he does very well, and having to speak all that medical jargon, uh, 
all those long-sounding diseases and medicines. Uh, that must have been a bitch. I mean, were there, you know, 32 takes on uh, on some of these lines? Um, yeah, I mean, some days were harder than others, but yes, so the medical jargon is difficult because it doesn't, it's never, there are words that are just not meant for conversation. Like I, one of my lines was enamorinone can cause arrhythmia and thrombocytopenia. Like you'd never in your life ever expect to say that as a sentence. And I still remember it because on the day I was suffering trying, because enamorinone, which is a medicine, an M and an R next to each other like that is just not, it's just not typical English. <laughs> so, and then that it can cause arrhythmia and thrombocytopenia. Uh, yeah, you don't, it's trauma. You're basically traumatized by this, by this vocabulary. You don't have a very good memory, I guess, because those were your lines in the Big Wave Dave's audition too. <laughs> But you, but you got a laugh out of them. Yeah, in, yeah. In Big Wave exactly, Dave, exactly. <laughs> From there, you moved on a lot of other shows uh, and the Comiskey Method. Now, you got a chance to be funny again, and Nancy Travis was in the show. And in the Comiskey Method, you pretty much play a even more extreme version of the character that you were playing on Almost Perfect. It was so bizarre for me watching a couple of those episodes where it's like, oh my God, here's my show that I'm not writing. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I loved, I loved that character. I wish that she were allowed to be fucked up for longer. They got her sober really quickly. Um, But she's, uh, she, she is a very, um, spoiled drug addict, alcoholic who had abused her relationship with her parents for decades, um, and shows up in time for her mother's funeral, um, really only to try and steal the things that her mother is leaving behind, (laughs) Mm -hmm. like her Birkin bag and whatever, her drugs, her cancer drugs. Um, and it was really fun because working with Michael and Alan was such a, a treasure. You know, you you watch these people your whole life and you admire them. And then suddenly you're on set with them. That's such a nice feeling. That's just, that's, it's, there's so many moments like that in this business because we all dream about being in this business. And to me, I never s- stop dreaming about it. Like I, I still get a thrill from going on to a lot, you know, any lot. <laughs> I, I get jealous if I see trailers I'm like, what, what, what's up with that? Why am I not on this show? (laughs) (laughs) Like I, 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 I love it so much. Um, so that had the, the added blessing of being with such icons, working with such icons. Do you miss doing comedy? Cause you're so good at it. You know, you know. And, and a lot of the stuff that, that you do is dramas. And again, you kind of get typecast, you know. I, it's so funny. It's like when I was doing sitcoms, people didn't know I could do drama. And then the minute you do drama, they don't know you can do comedy. I mean, it's absurd. It's an absurd business. Um, I mean, I did Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, which was a dramedy. So it kind of had all of that. And Kaminsky was a dramedy for sure. More comedy. Right. Um, you were funny. So, Your character you. was very funny. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I feel like um, 
I really enjoy single camera comedy. Um, I think I like it more than sitcom comedy. Uh, I, I never felt like, I, I always admire Nancy's work uh, on Almost Perfect because, because she had a really grounded way of performing for an audience and a camera at the same time. And I always felt like I struggled to try to find the balance between this big audience that's laughing and the fact that you're really performing for a TV audience through the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's a special skill, sitcoms. Did you feed off the energy, though, of yeah. the laughter? The energy of the, the audience response is you can't help but feed off of it, but the skill is really taking that and not letting it raise your volume. Like you have to use all of it, but keep it sort of compressed. Right. Um, and I think that with experience, one gets better at that. Um, it it that, is very unique because, uh, you know, if you're on stage, of right. course, then you can play to the back of the right. house. But you and, you, can't and you can't play do that. To the back of the house when you're right. You have to play to the camera. Right. Which is, which is when I was uh, directing, uh, when Nathan Lane had a multi-camera show, uh, Encore, Encore. And that was sort of the problem that Nathan, when he sees the audience, right. is used to just performing for the, the audience. audience. Yeah. And all of a sudden getting way bigger than he was in rehearsal all week. Yeah, yeah. I know, it's really interesting. And it's a really cool skill to have. I feel like, but I also feel like that kind of humor is different than single camera comedy. I don't, it's funny. And I think a sitcom still do really, really well. They, but, but I don't watch them. I like the way we all watched kind of Seinfeld mad about you. Like that was what we had back then. But once we started getting into arrested development and all these kind of sly looks to the camera, winks to the camera. I, I mean, it became a much more intimate experience. And do you miss, do you miss the stage? Do you miss doing theater? You really didn't, haven't done much theater since your show, I guess, right? No, I haven't. I mean, I did a little bit when I moved out here. No, I would love, I would love to do theater again, but out here there's really, there's not, there's not a theater to perform in that is worthy of taking that much time out of your availability. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's something you really, really, really want to do. I've gotten offered a, f- a few things, but uh, they just weren't, they just weren't a uh, passion of mine, but it would be fun. I would love it. I haven't been on stage in so long and it's such a, it's such a unique experience. I, you know, I started giving speeches. I gave a few speeches before COVID and I remembered that I'm good at doing that. <laughs> like, I remember that, like, oh, right. Like, I like this feedback. This is really fun for me. Um, so, yeah. And you also do voices on animated series. Sometimes, yes. Okay. Um, that must be sort of interesting. You do you record those generally before the the things are animated? Yeah, you, or, don't see them. you don't see them. So you don't see them. So you have no idea. Yeah, when I recorded uh, a voice for The Simpsons, it was so bizarre to record it in May, and then the first time I saw it was on the air, 
And there's my voice coming out of a cartoon yeah. character's mouth. It was bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's fun. And it's kind of like jarring when you hear your own voice because you're like, why would anybody believe that? That's me. They, they know it's me. <laughs> and you realize like, no, they don't. They're watching a cartoon and that's the voice. Right. Right. It's really fun. I do. Uh, I've done a bunch of like science fiction cartoon series like uh, the Batman Superman hour I did a long time ago and Avatar. Um, it's, I just love uh, when you get into a battle because then you're like, oh, you know, basically the directors are like, okay, you hit a wall and you slide down the wall. You're like, oh, oh. like <laughs> it's so much fun. It's so dumb. You've done voices on video games too, right? Just the one I did a Blade Runner a long time ago when they did a Blade Runner video game. Um, now, is that yeah. insane where you have to like record yes. hundreds of options? Yeah, it was a, it was, I think two days and it was, yeah, you had to record all the different choices people made. Right. Now I see on The Good Doctor, um, uh-huh. I, I don't watch that show regularly. I'm sorry. So I don't oh, I know. Are, are you a regular off. or a semi-regular no. or guest star or I what? Did, I did an arc. Okay. Um, it was with um, uh, Richard Schiff, who played my father on Relativity mm-hmm. and who and I was in West Wing with you and too. Was in West Wing mm-hmm. and David. David and I, uh, he just called and asked if I would do it. Um, so, yeah, it was just a three-episode arc. It was really fun. This is my dog, actually, oh, Jackson. Yeah, we can't see it, but it's a very cute dog. <laughs> and the dog is now holding the cup. You're going to get a lot more change. I know. With the, with the dog. I know. So, uh, so finally, I just want to mention, because I've, I've seen some of your work, you're a wonderful painter. Oh, you are you are a wonderful painter, multi-talented. Thank you. You you can <laughs> sing, you can act, you can write, you can do voice work, you can host shows, you can get hit with pies, you can do it all. And fall down a flight of stairs. We did that on your show. Oh my God, that was so funny. That's still one of my favorite lines, you know, (laughs) go have your fun. (laughs) Lisa, thank you so much. This has really been great. I'm so happy. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. Okay, there you go. Lisa Edelstein. Our thanks to Lisa also. To Adam and Susie Meister Butler, to Howard Hoffman, to John Wolford, Bruce and Jason Miller as well. Should you wish to get in touch with me, I am available on email and I will write you back. HollywoodLevine at Outlook.com. That is HollywoodLevine at Outlook.com. I'm also on Twitter. Who isn't? Well, I guess Donald Trump. Anyway, at Ken Levine. And uh, I'm also on Instagram. And again, I'm showcasing some of my cartoons. So if you want to check those out, follow me on Instagram, Hollywood and Levine. Next week, a treat for you radio fans. Because my guest will be John Records Landecker. Now, if you grew up in the Midwest, you know who John Records Landecker is, especially if you grew up in the 70s, 80s, or 90s. He was on WLS in Chicago, powerhouse radio station. He's still going strong. He's on WGN in Chicago in the nighttime now. But we will talk a lot about the glory days of radio and bemoan the fact that radio is pretty much dead now 
But boy, in its day, it was a lot of fun. And truly one of the best disc jockeys of that era was John Records Landecker. And yes, Records really is his middle name. So that is next week. Again, if you missed part one of my interview with Lisa Edelstein, now go back and check that out. Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week right here on Hollywood and the Vine.